Hi, welcome to Out of the Box Stories. I'm your host, Allison Paradise. I recently had the distinct pleasure of speaking with Sami Panusami. Sami is behind many of the green chemistry initiatives that you may be familiar with. In fact, he started a green chemistry movement within Millipore Sigma back in 2007. Sami has stayed behind the scenes for years, quietly helping to transform one of the largest chemical companies in the world to being more sustainable. He's also incredibly resilient. Years ago, he shared with me a story of how he left India. And I was left feeling so inspired and so humbled by what this one person was able to achieve. I told him that we had to share his story with the world. And it is with immense gratitude and great excitement that I'm going to be sharing his story with you now. Sami spoke to me from his home in St. Louis, Missouri. And without further delay, here is my conversation with Sami. Welcome to Out of the Box Stories. I'm very excited today that Sami Panusami is with us. Hi, Sami. Hello, Alison. How are great you to doing? Talk to you. you too. I am doing great. Uh, I am doing great. Thanks for asking. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for being here. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure speaking with you. It's been a very long time. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Would you mind letting people know how we know each other? Yeah, we know each other. We have been collaborating with when you are at my green labs. I'm, I'm not saying wrong, right? No, no that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first time we met as your uh, my green labs. In fact, you came to our building for our team meeting one time mm-hmm. many years ago, maybe six years ago or seven years ago. So. Uh, you came and presented about your green, my green labs. That's the first time I heard. I met with you, and then you are such an energetic person. On how to bring the sustainability front and center, particularly for the labs. I remember that meeting. That was really, really interesting. There was the guy with all the hats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For context, for people listening, there was a guy who had all these different colored hats and you were supposed to put on the colored hat based on, what was it? Was it an emotion or something or? Uh, yeah, I forgot. His, yeah, he was brought in for something. Some, I mean, he was a consultant. So. <laughs> Would you mind letting people know then what it is that you do at Millipore Sigma? Yeah. Do you want me to tell how I ended up Melipore Sigma? I mean, how what I did all, all my life or just only what I am doing right now? Just what you're doing right now. We'll get to the other bit in a minute. Okay. So currently I'm doing managing greener alternative products portfolio. So I, as you know, uh, I was the one founded the green chemistry team as a voluntary team in 2007 at Sigma Aldrich. And then now uh, our company took the sustainability in the front and center and so we are trying to expand our green alternative portfolio with that documented proof it's not we are saying our products are green just because 
millipore sigma say so mm-hmm. we wanted to do with a with a documented proof literature supported and we that's why we created a dozen tool dozen tool is nothing but a quantitative green chemistry evaluator based on the 12 principles of green chemistry mm-hmm. which gives the green score for a chemical process or biological process based on the process information and the ghs and sts information so that's what we are working on expanding our greener alternative product portfolio our goal is right now by 2030 we should have 30000 greener alternative products that's a lot so you're busy yeah our we have a 300000 product portfolio so <laughs> it's 30000 is only 10% yeah still that's that's a lot of work yes we are putting all pieces together right now as to plan and execute to meet the goal mm-hmm. so i remember one of the first things that we talked about when we first met was about green chemistry and you started telling me about the dozen tool and about i feel like i don't remember but i feel like there was atom economy came up and some other words and i remember looking at you and going i have no idea what he's talking about because i'm not a chemist but it sounds like you really know what you're talking about so we should definitely partner together <laughs> yes yeah i remember that discussion so you know <laughs> I have been working for almost 25 years developing a polymers biopolymers for drug delivery applications mm-hmm. and those products are all uh, customer driven uh, customers ch- I need to address customer challenges so I was successful to meet customers demand and uh, both quantity quality everything <laughs> but sustainability was not there mm-hmm. so after working 25 years on this with good business opportunity for us for our company but then uh, i don't know what something happened to my mind in 2007 we, i could be better than what i am doing now so i thought about it and then called all of my coworkers throughout the globe in r&d just to you know like minded people we brainstormed how do we improve this you know without compromising both quality and quantity mm-hmm. so then we formed it pretty much as we call it old wide green chemistry team at sigma alrich purely voluntary we had all day job <laughs> and within 5 years you know we were able to save quite a bit of money real dollar and then company recognized the effort and uh, we were doing all under uh, you know the rug so there is no formal program or anything it mm-hmm. was just i kept all the thing in my desk <laughs> so when the formal then 2012 company recognized we can, uh, we can run as a voluntary group so that's where i was trapped into this uh, as a green chemistry team and then that's where i met jaffrey Whitford so Jeffrey was a leader in overall sustainability so we partnered together and then we marched we were putting together all the bells and whistles for our program mm-hmm. that's the that's where the dozen baby came in mm-hmm. so we did a first study with our you know we have over million customers and the key customers we call global advisory panel 
we send a survey to the key customers based on the survey results it was unexpected surprising also customers were asking you know we were asking them would you like to pay more or less or what or how much you will pay but the one question optional they put was what is the metrics behind your program that's what the dozen is the baby of that costing oh. so we looked into what is available in the marketplace we couldn't find a single comprehensive tool who could give that that result without spending numerous amounts of money mm-hmm. and time mm-hmm. so that's where we we brainstormed and and finally end up choosing 12 principles of green chemistry as the foundation for our program because 12 principles as you know 12 principles of green chemistry addresses almost majority or i can say over 95 plus percent of uh, sustainability aspects in chemistry or biology so we created algorithm for each individual principles and then uh, that algorithm would take the manufacturing information or the process information and also sts safety data sheet information and globally harmonized system information ghs mm-hmm. and it's all connected together and once you get it once we give created the tool and then the tool was verified and we want to make sure it, it follows all the norms and protocols of the uh, system in the marketplace mm-hmm. so we got a third party evaluated and validated the our approach and we also published this in acs sustainable chemistry and engineering journal then we launched 3 3 and a half years ago almost 4 years now mm-hmm. to customers freely use at the time it was uh, an internal tool not for public use we decided to launch to customer free free of cost mm-hmm. so that's where we we have to rebuild the whole system from scratch oh to put gosh. all the safety security then uh, we launched it as a dozen 2.0 so so currently we have over 1200 users and overall the feedbacks are good so mm-hmm. still of course this is any new technology you know we have rooms to improvement currently we are working on doesn't 3.0 we will we are planning to launch before end of the year so wow sami i had no idea that you had started just a year before i did oh was 2006 only green my green lab started no well my green lab started in 2013 but when you and jeffrey met you said it was 2012 and the dozen tool was conceived of in 2012 or 2013 is that correct Yeah, yeah, around that time, yeah. I had no idea. Yes. I thought you'd been working on it for decades before because of how sophisticated the program is. E- yes, indeed, because at the time this was supposed to be a trade secret. Ah. That's why it was not publicized the said that much. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. Okay. Well, that's going to bring me then to the next question I have for you. But to before I ask that question I'll give some context to it which is you might recall that one of the last times we saw each other which was a really long time ago we were at this conference what was the conference yes, it, Yeah that's the ACS Green Chemistry Conference that's at Reston Virginia Yeah that one the ACS Green Chemistry Conference and 
we were standing in the hallway, and I don't even remember how we got talking about this, but you started to share your story of how you came to the U.S. from India. And I remember saying to you, oh my gosh, we need to record this story (laughs) and share it with the whole world. And you're looking at me like, why? I thought it was one of the most inspiring, most incredible stories I'd ever heard. And I'm wondering if you'd be willing to share that with everyone today. Sure. Thank you. So to my story starts, I'm going to go a little bit before I came to US too. So in that way, it will have more context. So I was born and raised from a small, very small farm family from India. We were just living hand to mouth at the time. So somehow my father was able to help me to send to college. Of course, that cost only minimal over there, up to undergraduate, mostly free in India. Then I, after studying a BS in chemistry, then I went to MS. That's where I got all this research, everything, uh, idea came in there. So Wait, Sami, you're I, skipping over it, an awful lot of how you even got to university. Because you told me almost nobody went to university. Yeah, yeah. From my family, nobody went to. It was all the... Oh. <laughs> okay, so let <laughs> You're me just like, go and back then I again. did this, and I did that. I mean, you did... You overcame so much just to go to university. Of course, yeah. That's, I mean, I, nobody went to school from my hometown at the time. Even my, There's no school in my hometown either. Right, that's what I remember. <laughs> so where did you go to school even? Okay, up to... You know, in, from our village is consists of about 90, uh, less than 100 families. Mm-hmm. And everybody is a farm community. So a farm means not like U.S. farm. Their farm is, if you have acre or two, that's your uh, medium farmer. <laughs> so that means we are just living hand to mouth. But my primary responsibility while growing up was from... Four years or onwards, I taking care of helping my father to grow vegetables, which I even continue to grow here as a small garden at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, then he will take that vegetable cells and take it to the market and sell, and that's where we were surviving on the, our survival. But while uh, doing that, there was uh, one goldsmith from our village. His son went to somewhere, studied high school then he came home he was sitting with his dad doing his uh, making uh, gold jewelries and he started teaching us how to write alphabet alphabet means not abc he was the, our mother tongue which is tamil mm-hmm. uh, so we, we take we can't afford to buy the slate to write uh, things so we have to take our sand you know, sand from the <laughs> ground mm-hmm. and put it on the floor and write with your finger, index finger, uh, alphabet and other letters we learned like that. So we are doing two plus years on that. Then he said there is nothing he can teach more here. But in the next town, next sorry, village, there was a elementary school there. So he asked my dad to take it to the school there and then he took me there, then uh, which is about mile, mile and a half from our home. That's where my like uh, school education started. At they joined me, uh, admitted as a third grade student. Mm-hmm. 
because i am already uh, eight years old so <laughs> so based on the age i became a third grade student <laughs> that's where i learned starting i a b c d or whatever all the rest of the thing and then there was an high school there and then i went to high school so believe it or not i became a valedictorian valedictorian in that school which i can't which i can't even trust of course most of them are farm kids too so that's but until my junior senior year i was i at 9th grade 8th grade i was the last in the class then 8th 9th that's where uh, i became you know one of my teacher i give all my credit to that teacher he is a math teacher we have to select at the time of the education system was under 9th grade time you have to select either you want to go physical science or biological science or arts related so, so i even though i was the last in the math so i chose math as <laughs> a physical science math group then my math teacher was instrumental to bringing me to this level even today so i mean he was i became that's where I, he motivated uh, i became the valedictorian all credit goes to him <laughs> wow so what made you choose math in the first place uh, these are all just a fluke there's nothing uh, there's no decision not <laughs> you know what just decide <laughs> see olden days if you go to uh, math physical science you always get something that's what people will say but it's not i am not that much knowledgeable at the time if you go to arts course there's only three physical science plus biological science and uh, arts arts is nothing but i mean economics uh, mm. po- those guys go to lawyer or a political science type of thing which is no value for me mm-hmm. because i am from a farm i don't have any popular uh, <laughs> interest <laughs> or uh, background to go and sign on that or anything <laughs> and for going into the biological science that's only option is you got to be a doctor mm. or a or a veterinarian or agriculture scientist that's there is nothing up nearby in my area to go and study so those are not going to happen in my if i selected that it's i will be still plowing the land <laughs> i'm not saying that plowing the land is bad that's mm. what's uh, fed my family so i am uh, i'm not degrading that profession but uh, there is a better option now than that <laughs> okay so i did that then uh, I, i became a valedictorian then uh, all everybody was talking oh you should go to college you should go to college then so i saw there is a 8 mile on government college there is a 10 mile in uh, private so called private but it's pretty much cheap i mean a free to so but private school it's more discipline there whereas uh, government's thing always colleges were all strike and they it's so i chose the 10 mile one so i have to ride bike one way every day to go there and come back 10 miles on bicycle so four years went that way and uh, again i got good grade there then uh, i chose chemistry as the subject so physical science part of math physics chemistry is the that physical science was about with the chem- chemistry as major and physics and uh, math are all they call minor subject they call ancillary over the, oh, those days i see and why did you choose chemistry 
the reason i chose chemistry was chemistry had a job opportunity at the time mm-hmm. whereas math and uh, physics not much job opportunity mm. so then once i got my undergraduate then people were uh, i mean all my classmates they are all applying for masters program so for me uh, then i had to go out of the town so mm-hmm. there is out of the city so my hometown there is no place nearby to go so i have to go and stay in the dorm so that took a while to convince my dad how to <laughs> support those things <laughs> he was able to do it finally so then i end up going to university of madras uh, that's where the most of the uh, that's one of the premier institution those days so there they will do all kind of research and and in my first time they started ms student has to do projects mm-hmm. so i had that opportunity since i am in the research institution so there was uh, all the facilities were there so i end up doing my research in fact i even by published a paper in my ms time so then that motivated to after ms go to phd because phd is free <laughs> they pay money to do the phd at the time so mm-hmm. even today they pay even now better than those days uh, so i joined phd then those who do phd over there they all end up coming to us those days so it's not planned or anything so just i joined ms then i followed the my project and then i continued on the lab to get the phd then once you finish the phd then people normally come to us that's where i end up the wind blew me to chicago <laughs> the windy city <laughs> <laughs> so i arrived there with 19 dollar in my pocket <laughs> oh my <laughs> so, gosh <laughs> so rest is history so and i have a story to add to when i came I, my professor was giving me a polymer chemist's title because assuming he will get his grant renewed and when i arrived it took an oath three months by the time i get the paperwork all those things you know those days all there no email right regular mm-hmm. postal mail which takes one way mail takes two weeks plus <laughs> by the time i got visa so three after three months i came and the very first day he was telling come to the lab and sorry i don't have a grant i my grant got discontinued but i have a grant in peptide chemistry so do you like to work on it but i didn't have any background on peptide i was working only in polymer chemist that's what my title get to come here mm-hmm. but he just sorry i don't but since i came here with borrowed money from the bank so i can't go back <laughs> so i said okay what should i do and he said he gave me all the peptide chemistry books mm-hmm. so here is the book here is the project you study read and these are the <laughs> x result i expect so it was challenging for first year but uh, i was able to survive sustain <laughs> and then i was successful in that job you know within four years i had over 10 publications over there and then i was looking for a job in industry that's where i found out uh, <laughs> i was not able to get job from polymer side because my background is polymer post hoc is peptide they don't want to give a job polymer people don't want to give a job to me without us experience 
and then the peptide people are asking you have a us experience on post hoc but not on the your background is a peptide polymer chemist oh my gosh are you kidding me yeah so then you know that's the miracle happens right before the november first week of 1987 i i always look chemical and engineering news news i don't know you heard about that right yeah it's one of the acs journal yeah. magazine they in the last few pages that's where they advertise uh, post hoc post hoc position or the faculty position so that's where i look for uh, job opportunities there is no internet those days i saw it from sigma alrich they were looking for a person who has experience in peptide chemistry and polymer chemistry hey it's for you so i applied the very next week i got the call and right away they asked me to come for interview right before thanksgiving i was interviewed right after the thanksgiving very next third monday i got the offer wow then following january to 1998 january i joined sigma alrich so i never updated my resume so it's <laughs> <laughs> 35 years past <laughs> wow sammy when you look back on that story as you're telling it how do you feel about it i mean it is uh, i can say somehow i am lucky so <laughs> but you know if see when my 19 dollar at the time i they, from my air, they are the taxi fare from chicago airport to the university was 30 dollar <laughs> i had only 19 dollar in my pocket think about that <laughs> it could have been uh, something miracle happened you know <laughs> it seems to me that well two things really strike me about that story the first is that you have incredible intuition and you also have this incredible ability to listen to it you really are guided by that it seems like you know like a lot of people would be in those situations and would freak out but you just you were like this is where i'm going to be and then you just did it yeah one thing from my childhood onwards you know i always go forward and don't go to i mean uh, try to adjust and i know things are not going to work the way everyone wants but shouldn't dwell on that there is no point in doing that just keep going and adjust yourself you know the direction you know mm-hmm. <laughs> say like the post hoc thing you know if i said sorry i can't do then what should i do right i came i i was all forced to make that decision too because i can't go home because we were not uh, in, to, to be frank my grand grandfather when he came to know i borrowed the money to go here he was really really mad at me <laughs> because borrowing money is is really a sad thing for any family over there you know you mm-hmm. have to live within your means <laughs> not uh, there is no credit history type of thing there <laughs> so any that's why that's one of the thing you know i can't go back <laughs> i have to adjust myself to get something accomplished yeah that's very it's such a powerful message i think for all of us to be reminded of it's yeah like how i mean, to be not, flexible and not be tense in a situation 
Yeah. So if we are, I mean, see if I, I was stubborn, you know, okay, you, you didn't give me this, so what could I, he said, okay, go. I don't know how I could go, you know, again, I have to borrow money from here to go there. Who will pay me money here right. to go back? Right. <laughs> so I will be homeless. <laughs> So these are all the situational thing I listen. So that's where uh, you know everything. The wind blew me to help adjust to the <laughs> the situation and keep moving forward. So the other thing that I notice is just how how bold you are, how much courage, and how bold you are in all of these points in your life that you no one in your family had gone to to school and you said right I'm gonna do it and then you go all the way and then you just go okay I'm gonna come to the U.S. with $19 and it borrowed having borrowed money just even that alone takes a tremendous amount of courage and then I don't know if people caught what you said in the beginning that in 2007 you looked around and said yeah I think I can do better than this and you just start a green chemistry movement like Sami these are exceptional things that that most people Thank don't do, and that's why I feel like your story for me is so inspiring. Thank you, Alice. And see, after joining Sigma, thanks to Sigma Aldrich, I was given freedom to work any project I wanted. I mean, and also the prop area I was working, it was growing very fast, and uh, and those are all customer-centric projects, so it's all customer demands. I want, you know, this polymer, this molecular weight, this polydispersity type of all those things. That's where I, these are all I learned on the job. So mm -hmm. it's not I came with all this knowledge here. I came to with some background in polymer, some background in peptide. But then I married that thing together. I was able to uh, successfully implement and make the customer happy and the company happy, both our company happy in bringing a lot of sales for our company. So... It's all, uh, you know, uh, just, I don't look backward. I look always forward. So that's the main thing. So, I mean, things happen, you know, we all have to adjust and keep moving. So, so don't dwell on the past. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Thank you, Alison. I'm just so excited for what it does in people when they get to hear it. That story, when you first shared it with me, it affected me so deeply that I had to just go back to the hotel room by myself and just sit with it for a while because what seems, you know, when you talk about it, you're sort of like, yeah, and then I did this and then I did that. But but I can feel at every moment how how challenging that must have been. And I so appreciate your sharing this with people because I think all of us we end up at these points, right, where things feel so overwhelmingly impossible. And it's inspiring to hear about somebody who's faced with that situation and sees how to keep going. Yeah, it is uh, very challenging, but we shouldn't, you know, uh, you know, keep, what do you call, they call keep your eye on the ball or whatever that kind of saying. <laughs> so the, we have to focus on, we have to move forward and accomplish something so that's a goal we need to but we have to adjust we cannot be firm mm -hmm. because there is a lot of environmental factor whatever you know wherever you are there's a lot of things goes around us but we have to work around and make sure adjust 
and not necessarily you back up or anything but just make sure we achieve the goal common goal for the institution or for individual or for the group mm-hmm. so what do you think's next for you oh next you know i am looking forward to but i may not <laughs> i may not be until 2030 or 2040 i will probably retire in 5 years but uh, uh, i am very proud of what's what my small little thing started is uh, now focus on our company's focus on part is like green chemistry whereas we have now other aspect also like a sustainable operations mm-hmm. or social side or the recycling or the packaging so we have all the, we we have over 30 people in our group do you believe that no, <laughs> you saw I the know. whole group <laughs> that was really i mean i am very proud to state that you know i had a lucky bosses jaffrey who <laughs> he was instrumental to help every way possible for me you know that's uh, without him i wouldn't be this much successful in the sustainability area so uh, even though i do the product project wise but uh, taking it to the stakeholders to make it See, I, I never believed, I mean, we will have this kind of uh, situation, you know. Right now, we are in the best place in the company. The corporate goal is 2040 carbon neutral. That's, I never envisioned that this will happen. <laughs> That's amazing. All started from basically you having this idea in 2007. Yeah, so... but i i wouldn't i mean whatever other things you know there are so many people involved so it's yeah. not but the first thing is you know jeffrey i was lucky to be connected with jeffrey from day one when i he moved in fact even 2008 itself we were working together he was in the social side of the business mm-hmm. he was doing so we were interacting with them so he was instrumental to get our sustainability in the front and center for the company so i am not a good salesman so that's <laughs> but jeffrey is a good spokesperson for the thing i could do the work but i am not uh, <laughs> yes. sell myself he's exceptional at that yeah. it it mm-hmm. takes it takes a team to get any of these things of course off yeah. the ground i mean it's it's completely yeah. false to imagine that it might be one person acting on their own I just want to acknowledge what it is that you did and and what you've contributed to that team because it's it's really tremendous and as I said inspirational is a word that keeps coming to my yeah. mind. Yeah, it's all overall, you know, I am just, you know, I went through a lot of bumps and uh, here and there but uh, I mean it's overall I I I feel is a very success story for myself. <laughs> yeah. And it's I hope it inspires future scientists. I can't imagine that it wouldn't because it's inspiring me again and I think about your story often. Sami, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Alison. Thank you.